All right, praise the Lord. Okay. Oh, anyway, hey, before, before we begin, just, you know, just like you were looking at your index in your Bible here, you know, Genesis, Genesis to Revelation here, it is a timeline. I mean, and if you, I know it's overwhelming when people say, if you've read the Bible through, and a lot of times we haven't. Now, and don't, don't worry about that. Just start, you know. But don't let it overwhelm you. I mean, uh, sometimes the King James version, and it's it's a, gr- a great version. It was the best you had. I mean, that's all that, that when they finally got it to us, you know. But it's that, if you think about it, if you go look and see when, well, when did they do that? It was fifteen hundred and forty something. You know, that's a long time ago. Even today, you know, they wouldn't have known what the internet was. I'm gonna find the internet in the Bible. <laughs> it ain't gonna be that. They don't use that word. They also don't use the word dinosaur. Because there was no such thing as uh, that word. That word didn't get invented till the 1800s. You say, well, that's the problem I have with the Bible. Because, you know, the Bible doesn't have dinosaurs. They're called dragons over 50-something times, you know. Well, you don't really. You know, Jesus is the biggest liar if the scriptures are not true. Because, see, he endorsed Abraham. He endorsed Genesis. He said, before Abraham was, I am. He endorsed Naaman, who was a leper. Because he said there were many lepers in Israel in the time of, uh, of whatever, you know, in the time of Naaman. You know, that's in Luke chapter 4. He endorsed Elijah, you know, and, those, uh, and uh, the widow at Seraphith, you know. And, and so, uh, and it all fits together. And it's a beautiful timeline. It's not backwards at all. And, uh, but anyway, from Genesis, you've got perfect history starting from day one. Let it be for times and seasons, dates and whatever that. And the earth and I mean, excuse me, the moon and the stars weren't made till day till day uh, till day four. But it was anyway. It's beautiful. Exodus. What a weird book for the next one. It's it's history. By the end of the eleventh chapter, the genealogy is showing you right after at right after Noah. Okay, and then uh, it's Abraham, and the Lord says, "Hey, leave the place you're at and go to a place I'm going to give you." Okay. And from then on, it's history. But it all fits so beautiful. That's the reason you have genealogies in the fourth chapter and in the, uh, and in the fifth chapter. In the fourth chapter, Cain kills Abel, and then he goes and has his own little town somewhere. And then it says the descendants of Cain were this, this, this. It's on that chart right there. You can look at it. And, uh, but anyway, uh, and then it shows in the fifth cha- at the very last verse of the fourth chapter, it says that Adam you know, and Eve, they had another son named Seth. And Seth's descendants, they were the first ones to be called the Lord's people. Well, wait a minute, they were all the Lord's people. Well, not hardly, because they, they were killing each other, you know. <clears throat> but anyway, that's the reason in the fifth, excuse me, by the sixth chapter, the whole world is just flooded with wickedness. And God says, man, I just, I'm disappointed I even made this place. But Noah found grace. It's a fairy tale. No, Jesus said, as in the days of Noah. So now we got to say, Jesus is the biggest liar. Jesus thinks all this stuff happened. And Jesus thinks he was there. He was. Praise the Lord. Okay. So anyway, that puts us through. Then you got all the way, historically, all the way. They, the Abraham and his descendants, 70 of them, they all went down to, they all went down to Egypt because Joseph was there taking care of, uh, of Egypt, basically. He was prime minister. What a miracle. He thought he lost his whole family. And all of a sudden, beautiful stories at the end of Genesis. But anyway, so in Exodus here, do you know when he gets to Exodus, that means they're going to exit. They're going to leave. Well, it took seven chapters before you get to the plagues. It's history there, what happened to Moses before he got there. Remember, Moses didn't want to go. I don't, I don't want to go. <laughs> don't send me. Send somebody else. But Moses figured it out because the Lord's faithful to his promises. Remember, he said, now, Moses, come on. He said, what do you got in your hand? Staff. Throw it down. He threw it down and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. 
And he said, grab it by the tail. So you remember the story? So he said, then stick your hand like Napoleon. Pull it out. It was leprous. Said, stick it back. And Moses didn't have to go, the Lord didn't work that time. You know, now I got a bum hand. No, he fixed it. He fixed it. And even when Moses said, oh, yeah, but I'm not a good speaker. And the Lord, the Lord got angry with me. He said, who makes mouths? I do. And he'll fix your mouth if you're having trouble. You know, he'll fix any part of your body. But anyway, so nonetheless, anyway, Abraham, excuse me, Moses goes. And anyway, by the seventh chapter is when he's faced with Pharaoh. And here's where they're starting those. And it goes real quick. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. Okay, those twelve chapters, that's the end of the plagues. And they have crossed through the Red Sea. Okay. And so from here on, in the rest of Exodus, it's not, oh, we don't know what's going on in the Scriptures. It is a total timeline. They get to Mount Sinai. That place is blazing on fire. And the book of Hebrews says the fire that was on the mountain talks about it. So we're supposed to know all the history. Okay, but anyway. So as you know, then they go to the promised land. And then they go, oh, we can't go in there. God's lost his mind. So then we hear the story that he had to go back and forth in the wilderness till finally they approach it again. So that puts us back at Deuteronomy where we left off last time. So here they are at the promised land. In Deuteronomy, we're going to pick it up in chapter 1 just to make sure what the heck we're reading here. So look at this. Deuteronomy chapter 1, this book records Moses' address to the people of Israel when they were camped at the valley of, we'll say Arab, okay, in the wilderness of Montgomery, whatever we'll say, Moab, east of the Jordan River. See, they weren't in there yet. Okay. Uh, This speech was given on February 15th years ago, fairy tales. Well, it can't be fairy tales if they told us when. You say, well, it doesn't say that in the King James. No, because it says in the King James something like it was the second year of such and such, whatever, in the, of whatever. It's because it's in the, the Jewish calendar, but that's what it is. Okay, you can't miss that. Okay, anyway, 40 years after the people left Mount Horeb, it, although it only takes 11 days to travel by foot to Mount Horeb to Kadesh Barnea. See, they were not very far. And, and what's so funny is you've been reading the Bible, and you'll realize when Abraham went to the Promised Land, there was a great famine during his life. It happened in Isaac's life, too, and he marched down to Egypt, okay? Abraham went down to Egypt and he told his wife, he said, Sarah, you're a good looking woman, you're a knockout, so tell them you're my sister, okay? Remember that story? So, and then anyway, the king, or Pharaoh, got mad when he found out what happened and he escorted Abraham out. So it's not that far. The promised land, the you know, land of Canaan, and, and uh, whatever, Egypt's not that far. But anyway, at this time of this address, King Sahan of the Amorites had been defeated. King Og of Baish had been defeated near this. And this is Moses' address to the people. Okay, so that's this whole book. And if you read it to yourself, okay, it would not take you but probably about two and a half hours. So you could have heard it. We've heard long-winded people, and I'm not going to be long-winded, but you'll, you know what we're saying here. Well, you be here. I try to keep it within 30 minutes. So, but anyway, watch this. So, it is, this is not a, a little pieces of a mythological stories or something. No, this was his speech. So, here we go. Last we left off, two weeks ago, we left off in the 14th chapter. And I was talking about, uh, you know, giving, giving to the Lord, you know, tithing. Okay, we covered that. Okay. Now, remember what he said about that. It wasn't because, oh, gosh, the preacher's going to go broke. No, because this is totally backwards because guess what? Look at verse 22. This is fourteen twenty-two. You must tithe all your crops every year. Bring this tithe to eat before the Lord at the place he chooses as his sanctuary. This applies to your grain of, t- uh, whatever, your tithes of grain, new wine, olive, firstborn of your herds. Now, Jesus picked up on this, too. There were two men praying, you know, one time. And, uh, no, it was when he was at the Pharisee's house. 
and he was talking about, you know, you Pharisees, you clean the, you clean the outside of the pot, but you don't clean the inside of the pot. In other words, your hearts are bad. And he says, you tithe mint and this and this. And he, and he also said, he says, that's what you should do. So the Lord was referencing this too. Okay, anyway, back to this. Notice this. The purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your life. And, I'll, and you know, that's where the rubber meets the road. It, it, it's like, it's, it's, I don't want to call it a magical thing, but it's something you have to figure out on your own. You know, you'll... Because it's so easy to say, well, the preacher's at well, Don't give your money here. It's the reason I don't take up an offering. Give your money where you want to put it. Don't, don't give it here. No responsibility there. The purpose is between you and the Lord. Notice he said, bring your, your tithe before the Lord. It's not before the preacher. Ah, people on TV, they're always taking up offerings. Whatever. Like it is in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 9. 8 9 is totally about money. Chapters 8 and 9. One of the stronger scriptures in there, it says uh, that we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Second Chronicles, Chronicle, Second Corinthians, excuse me, that is. Second Corinthians 8 and 9. Second Corinthians 8 and 9 says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, yes, his grace. Well, listen to this one. And it's about money. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yeah, he was, he came from glory. Yet for our sakes, he became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. Wow. That's talking, about, that's talking about heavenly riches. Baloney, it's not. It's down here. That's the reason we've failed. We've, we've, we've heard stories and stuff. We've heard money was bad. And so that's the reason we're walking around. We, I tell you, I'm shocked. We don't have people uh, all the time as Christians with gold driveways. I mean, it's ridiculous. That's exactly. When, when they left Egypt, this historical line, when they left Egypt, they robbed Egypt. That's the reason Pharaoh goes, what did we just do? And he led the chase with his chariot. You know, of course, the Lord was setting all that up because the Lord was going to get great glory. Why did the Lord want to get great glory? Nobody in the whole world knew who God was. That was the whole purpose of that. And that's the reason today they go, oh, it never happened. It never happened. That's the reason they're trying to knock it out. But don't let it knock it out in your personal life. Okay. So anyway, the purpose of tithing is to always teach you to put God first in your life. If the Lord chooses a sanctuary far away, he says, well, don't bring your cow. Just sell it and whatever. Well, I want to mention this while we're there. Look at this. He says, it's not convenient to carry your tithe to that place. Then sell the portion of your crops, herds, take the money to the Lord's sanctuary. When you arrive, use the money to buy an ox and some sheep and some... (gasps) Oh, gosh. Y'all put your heads down a minute. Excuse me. No, we're not. To buy some beer and some wine and to feast before the Lord. Look at this. And to rejoice with your household. Well, no, daddy takes care of all the praying in the house. No, everybody's involved. Matter of fact, let me just show you this. <clears throat> oh, let's see. Let's, remember, this is a big speech. Let's go back to the historical part here. Let's go to Exodus chapter, let's look at chapter 10. Chapter 10, this is, boy, this is, this is, man, the Lord's, they already at the, uh, let's see, it's fixing to be the storm of hail next. The Lord said, go back again, make your demand upon Pharaoh. I've hardened him in his officials so that I can do more miracles, demonstrating my power. What stories you can tell your children and your grandchildren. We've got to do that. First, we've got to tell them to ourselves first. You know, the incredible things I'm doing to eat. Tell them what fools I made of the Egyptians and how I proved to you that I'm Jehovah. Well, God, God's just sorry. No, he's not. Chapter one, Moses was scheduled for execution. His mama had to put him in a little basket because Pharaoh said, put all the baby boys in the Nile. And they told the midwives in the same chapter, Pua and whatever her name is, there was two of them, and they were Hebrew midwives. He said, kill all the baby boys. Well, they wouldn't do it. And they're like, hmm. they weren't going to do that. <clears throat> the Bible says the Lord blessed those two women too. But anyway, so that's what's going on here. Okay, so here we go. Now back over here to Deuteronomy, and let's keep going with this speech. Like I say, we would have heard this. 
Uh, let's see, we were at chapter 14, so let's get to the very bottom of this. Let's let me get this right. Deuteronomy 14, Moses, Moses is still talking. Okay, la da 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 Okay, so uh, notice what he says here. Don't forget to share your income with the Levites in your community, for they have no property or crops as you do. Uh, they were told not, I mean, they, they were just people that worked in the tabernacle, okay? And he, the, they didn't get cheap, they didn't get gypped. Man, they had several cities, and stuff, and they also had 500, 500 yards or something like that circumference around every city. You can read that in, in Leviticus there. Okay, now, but anyway, uh, every third year, see, this blows the church offering right here. This reason it's not about money, it's about Jesus. Because I'd be like, golly, third year's next week, I'm not going to have any offerings at the church. I'm going to go broke. <laughs> I'm not going broke. No way. Look at this. Every third year, you're to use your entire time for local welfare programs. And it wasn't like, well, uh, Melody's going to be secretary. Bring your money here. We'll divert. No, you do it. Remember the story of the Lord? Judas was there and he was mad because that woman came in and broke that, that vial, uh, that, uh, that perfume and poured it all over Jesus. Remember what Jesus said? He got mad at Judas, told him, you know, he's, remember he said, the poor you have with you always and you can help them always. Now, remember, Paul even wrote, and he said in the book of Acts, when, uh, oh, when, he, when they were, he was going to the Gentiles to preach the gospel, and then the, the Pharisees, well, not the Pharisees, but the, the Jewish Christians were still thinking, you know what, you can believe in Jesus, but you still got to keep Moses' law. In fact, excuse me, Paul was like, no, you don't either. Mm-mm. You just trust Jesus. Doing that law is not going to get you to heaven. So there was a big to-do in the 15th chapter of Acts, right in there, 15th, 14th, right there. But anyway, <clears throat> Their suggestion was, okay, Paul, you go out and preach to the world. Just stay away from blood. They wanted to throw that in. Just don't get anybody drinking blood. And the other thing was make sure you remember the poor. So it's our responsibility to help watch out for the poor. And it's so easy as the body of Christ. We're all, we all split and leave out of here. And you're going to see some people that are poor. And you'll know. And you, you, know you don't have to have a sign from heaven. You can tell these people are poor. Just help them. Just help them. Anyway, every third year, use your entire tithe for local welfare programs. Give it to the Levites uh, who have no inheritance among you or to foreigners. Wow. Or to widows or orphans within your city so that they can eat and be satisfied. Then the Lord your God will <gasps> cause you to go broke. No. He will bless you. Praise the Lord. Wow. Solomon even wrote and he said, He that gives to the poor lends to the Lord and the Lord will pay him. What he, I mean, he'll pay you back. Wow. Okay, anyways, here we go. Remember, these, these chapters were just to help us uh, find places. It wasn't Moses stopped for the night, and then next year at camp, he brought up a campsite story. You know, we all felt good and sang kubaya. No, <laughs> it's the same speech. At the end of every seventh year, look at this. There's to be a canceling of all debts. How's that? Yeah. Every creditor shall write paid in full. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Well, let me just skip ahead just a minute. <clears throat> See if any of this stuff is for us. Well, way to tell would be go over here to the, the New Testament. Let's go over here to the book of Hebrews. Find it. There it is. Heb. Hebrews. I'm going to go to chapter 3. This is a quick book too. This was just a letter. Let's see if we can find it. Therefore, my dear brothers, Hebrews chapter 3, whom God has set apart for himself. See, that's what he did with the Israelites. This is the church now. We're set apart for himself. Okay. You're chosen for heaven. Isn't it nice? 
God didn't say, well, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> no, we're scheduled for heaven. Praise the Lord. Put that behind you. I want you to think about this Jesus who is God's messenger and high priest of our faith. So this stuff that we learned in the Old Testament about the covenant, about the, about the tabernacle, temple, or whatever you want to call it, you know, praise the Lord. We'll see, there's a, it was a copy of the real. But anyway, Jesus was faithful to God who appointed him high priest, just as Moses was faithfully, Moses also faithfully served in God's house. Let me stop just a moment here to remind you. Sometimes we need to have a reminder here. Jesus is your high priest. It's like, I mean, our church is small here. You know, well, I know the pastor. Well, great. I mean, I'm glad you know me. We're good friends, whatever, whatever. But Jesus is so far greater. He is actually the high priest. He's my high priest too. You've got full access to him. Matter of fact, he's been over at our house every day knocking on the door. <laughs> you know, you know that story, Revelation 3. That's written to churches, not to the world. It's written to the church. He's going after the world. Remember, he leaves the 99, goes after the one. But I tell you what, he's... He's, it's like Phil told me the other day. Phil said, he, uh, a few weeks ago, Phil told me, he said, he, he, I don't know where he was going, but his point was, he said, you know, it was just neat. I just had some time to, just to talk with the Lord. You know, that's what you do, praise the Lord. Trust that he's there, act like he's there, and you'll find out he is there, praise the Lord. And whatever the burden on your heart is, it'll just fly away. You'll be like, praise the Lord. That's the reason the guys wrote, that's the re- they didn't just go, oh my gosh, I need to have a song for, make some money. No. They wrote the song for no money. Just a closer walk with thee. That's because somebody knew it was real, praise the Lord. And in the garden. In the garden. Okay, let's get back to this. Jesus was faithful who appointed him high priest. As Moses also faithfully served in God's house. <laughs> Moses didn't exist. It was just a, it was a place marker. No, it wasn't either. Jesus had far more glory than Moses. Just as a man who builds a fine house gets more praise than his house does. Many people can build houses, but watch this next phrase. There's one thing we have to watch out for. Uh, the Lord's not going to like it if you keep ignoring this. But only God made everything. That's not just a, a conservative statement in the church. Get, get it in your heart. Go Google Young Earth. You'll find out this place is less than 10,000 years. And you'll go, oh my gosh, oh my God, who have I been listening to? Yeah, you've been listening to people who don't want to pay attention. It's almost like medical science, you know. Uh, doctor, uh, before I have surgery, um, uh, I'm a Christian, you know. And he'll be going... But yet we've signed off as, my background is Baptist. The Lord uses medical science. And you got a doctor in there who's vehemently against Jesus? I don't think so. I mean, I think he's got skills. It's like a guy that's going to tell you, and he don't care about Jesus, but he does want to tell you, if you run your car 60 miles an hour, the bridge is out. Thank God he's smart enough to tell me the bridge is out because he's a good American, whatever, he wants to help me, you know. That's about the way it is in medical science in some areas. Now, some doctors, are they, they love Jesus as much as you do. But anyway, <clears throat> point is... Don't put all your trust in medical science and just forget about that God, he, made, he literally made everything. Well, Moses did a fine job working in God's house, but he was only a servant. His work was mostly to illustrate, look at this, and suggest those things that would happen later on, like the canceling of all your debts every seven years. Praise the Lord. Ah, oh, but Lord, that, yeah, I have a loan with a credit union. and I, Shut your mouth. Yeah, but I have a 30-year mortgage and I can't sell my house. And I mean, man, it's just, I mean, shut up. That's unbelief. Trust the Lord to take care of your money. But Richard, I'm on a fixed, don't call me that. Go to him and tell him you're on a fixed income and see what he says. He's just going to laugh. Peter, oh, this is so good. Let's see, brush up a little bit. Okay, Matthew 17. You'll get the story. You don't have to know the reference, but it is. It's 17. Some people came to Peter. They didn't want to ask Jesus. They bumped into Peter. Hey, 
Doesn't your master pay the taxes? Doesn't he pay his taxes? Peter says, well, yeah. Notice what Peter said. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Okay, but Jesus was somewhere else in the room. So anyway, um, Jesus tried to go in the door. Jesus was standing. I mean, Peter was trying to go in the door after that happened. The story. This is a story. And Peter stopped him. Now remember, Jesus knows everything. He hears everything, knows everything. He knows all about you. And he stopped Peter and he said, Hey, Peter, to whom do kings take taxes? From their servants or do they tax their kids? Well, Peter goes, oh, no, it's their servants. And so Jesus said, so the children are free, huh? And Peter goes, yeah. And he says, okay, Peter, go down to the water, throw your hook in the water, and you'll catch a fish. This is so stupid. This never happened. Oh, yeah, it did, too. It had to happen. I mean, we are sitting on a bunch of lies if it didn't happen. He said, and the fish you pull out, he said, in his mouth, there'll be a coin. Go pay your taxes and go pay mine. (gasps) Now, what would happen to you if you'd read that story this week and you were worried about something financial, which most of the time we are? Well, you should have paid attention to what you read and go, wait a minute, go pay your taxes and mine? Praise the Lord. Wow. Anyway, so here we are. He said this, these things would happen later on. But Christ, God's, but Christ, God's faithful son, is in complete charge of God's house. And we Christians are God's house. Praise the Lord. He lives in us if we keep up our courage to the end and our joy and our trust in the Lord is what he's going to say. Okay. See, we can get depressed. We can also say, well, I don't know. I went to church when I was young, but I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure Jesus is really real. Oh, my gosh. Don't do that. And since Christ is so much superior, the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit warns us to listen to him. Be careful to hear his voice today. And let not your hearts become set against him as the people of Israel did. Well, Lord, I, I, don't, I, I don't know any of those stories. It's your Bible. Where have you been? They steal themselves away from his love, complained against him in the desert while he was testing them. It wasn't like, well, God wants to just throw darts at them. No, he was trying to get them to understand. Remember the manna? The manna was there just only in the morning. Now on Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday morning, no, excuse me, Saturday, uh, there would be enough for two days. It happened because the manna didn't quit till first day in the promised land, the manna quit. That's because all of a sudden, hey, Bill, you want that vineyard over there? I may as well. <laughs> Whose cows are those? They're now yours. Well, I'm not going to the milk market. <laughs> We're going to have barbecue tonight. Yeah, it's exactly, it reads the story. Joshua, that's exactly what took place. The manna quit the day they got in there. But anyway, uh, he kept, but, you know, they tried his patience sorely. Notice he was patient with them for 40 years. Even their shoes didn't wear out. Okay. Your car won't wear out either if you trust the Lord. Okay, uh, He kept right on doing his mighty miracles for them to see. Now remember, this, he's saying this about us today, isn't he? Okay, But God says, I was very angry with them for their hearts were always looking somewhere else instead of up to me. And they never found, what did they never find? Remember, they go, well, we can't go into promised land. And they were going, we're so thirsty, there's no water out here. God would cause water to come out of a rock. Ugh. Water would show up other places. Then God full of his anger against them, bound himself with an oath and that he would never let them come to his place of rest. Wow. That's what the 40 years were. Beware of your own hearts, dear brothers, lest you find that you too are evil and unbelieving and leading you away from the living God. Speak to one another about these things every day while there's still time so that none of you will become hardened against God, being blinded by the glamour of sin. Now, he's not like we were joking about running around with women and drinking and all this kind of stuff. No, the problem was they, go to, they get to the Holy Land and go, we can't go in there. That guy, he's a giant. We just excuse ourselves for our unbelief. Well, I, I don't, I'm not a murderer. Does it matter? You're not letting the Lord bless you like He should, and so uh, you're not happy like you should be. Excuse me. I back up a little bit. 
And uh, oh, so how in the world, you know, are you telling, you're letting your light shine? Let my light shine. And we're, we're basically going, why the Lord, I'm 58 years old and I got the stupidest job in the world. Wait a minute. You should be bringing that to the Lord. Anyway, so he was real angry with him. We read that part. Let's go to verse 11. All right, here we go. Let's get to this. So we see how it is. Uh, it pulls directly from, here it is. For we are, fa- if we're faithful to the end, trusting God, just as we did when we first became Christians, look at this, we will share in all that belongs to us. He just means going to heaven. No, he said all that belongs to us. Like that, every seven years, you should be debt free. <gasps> well, Richard, tell the credit union that. No, 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 hold on. You tell the Lord that. That blessing's still there. You, know, but you tell my mortgage company that. See, you're missing it. You're missing it when you think that way. But now is the time. Oh, no. He can't be serious. Never forget, today, if you hear God's voice speaking to you, well, you have. You're reading His Word. It never changes. We're looking at basically 2,000 years ago, when 1,800 years ago when this was written, and now we're 2,000 years beyond that. It's still now. Today, if you hear God's voice speaking to you, don't harden your hearts against Him as they did uh, th- when they did uh, when they rebelled against him in the desert, we can't go in there. Remember that? Okay. And who were those people that I speak of who heard God's voice speaking to them, but rebelled against? Them? They were the ones who came out of ah, Lord. They never came out of Egypt. A Jewish rabbi said that story never happened, and so did my science teacher, the atheist who teaches uh, you know uh, uh, evolution. That never happened. <sighs> well, then he never existed. Well, we did too. Listening to the wrong people. Okay, thank God we don't do that. Uh, and who was it who made God angry all those forty years? It was the same people who drank and ran around with women. <laughs> no, that wasn't their sin. It was unbelief. Same thing we're guilty of. You know, Jesus tried to. His disciples were trying to heal a paralytic guy, whatever, demon possessed, whatever you call it. Doesn't matter. Problem is, he throwing himself in the fire. Hey, there's a fire. <laughs> Daddy had to get him out of that fire. Remember the story. Mark chapter 10 or 9 right there. And the guy comes up and he says, uh, Jesus said, what's the problem? He says, well, I brought my son to your disciples and they could not cast the devil out. Jesus said, notice what Jesus said, bring him here to me. And he also said, how long will I be with you? Well, Jesus, you're going to be with us forever. Ah, wait a minute, you're missing the point. How long do I have to do this? Bring him here. So anyway, they bring him and Jesus says this and he's prepping this guy. He knows. And this kid's foaming at the mouth at his feet. And Jesus says, how long has this been going on? Oh, it's been going on since he's a, since he's a kid. And oftentimes it throws him in the water and in the fire. Boy, this guy was just motor mouth. See what's going on? You're just talking your problem the whole time. It'll never get no better, never get no better, never get better. And then he finally blurts out this guy. Oh, if you can do anything, help us. Boy, oh no. Don't ever tell Jesus if, you know. Well, I mean, unless you're ready to, you got to shape up. That's what they did. You know, we got the promised land. We can't go in there. As a matter of fact, they went on and they said, the Lord must hate us. Where did they get that from? That's the reason God was so angry. He blew off Egypt. They get the promised land and then they act like, well, he's never going to show up. But anyway, so back to the story. So they, the guy says, if you can do anything, Jesus fires back. If I can do anything, he says, if you can believe, all things are possible to he that believeth. Wow. So now we know where we're at. And remember what the guy said? Okay, Lord, help my unbelief. That's a good prayer. Help my unbelief. Help me. You'll get there. The Lord will help you. Praise the Lord. He's the author and finisher of your faith. He'll help you. 
He's not going to sit there and kick you out and say, well, you just think about that in the corner for a while. <laughs> no, he will help you. Wow. But the rest of that story was the people started running together, and Jesus, seeing a mob was coming, he just spoke to the devil, but it was over with. Anyway, <clears throat> all who were there, all those people I speak of who heard God's voice speak, they rebelled against. They were the ones who came out of Egypt with Moses and their leader. And who was it who made God angry all those 40 years? The same people who sinned and as a result died in the wilderness. To whom was God speaking? Who were these people? We read the story. It was total unbelief. Uh, he swore with an oath they would never go in the land he promised them. He was speaking to all those who disobeyed him. And why couldn't they go in? Because they didn't trust him. Now, this was a marker, too. It goes right into, although God's promise still stands. You're kidding me. It's still there. Yes, it is still there. Hallelujah. All right, here we go. We're at the 15th chapter. So look at this. He tells us, uh, back up. Uh, So he says, at the end of every seventh year, there'll be a canceling of all debts. Praise God. Mm. Every creditor shall write pay him full of any promissory note he holds against the fellow Israelite. For the Lord has released everyone from his obligation. Now this release doesn't apply to foreigners. Now he just means if you're not part of, I mean, you want to get, in the Old Testament, you're not going to be outside, you've got to be a Christian, put it that way. It's just, it's just part of the program. These foreigners weren't circumcised. They didn't have a covenant with, but they could. They could get in if they wanted to. For no, look at this. No one will become poor because of this. For the Lord will greatly bless you in the land He's giving you. Praise the Lord. Wow. The only prerequisite for this blessing is that you carefully heed all the commandments. Now remember, all the commandments heed around one thing. Remember what the first one was? You know, it was, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And that's the big bozo thing they were doing. You'll lit, look at this. Uh, he'll bless you just as He promised. You'll lend to many nations, and you'll never need to borrow. You'll rule many nations, and they'll not rule over you. Now, guess what? Let's just act like we're the children of Israel. We already know. And let's just act like we're going to do the wrong thing. Today, when you hear God's voice, and you see this financial blessing, are you going to say, well, there's giants in the land of that finances. There's giants where my job is concerned. I won't go back to Egypt. That's what we're saying. We're saying I want to go back to Egypt. Why did God bring me out here to treat? I'm 57 years old and I'm not doing any better financially than I ever was. I mean, I, when we all get together, when we all get to heaven, what a day of joy. Thank God. We just think heaven's wonderful, but down here is horrible. A lot of our songs say that, you know. You know. <clears throat> when you arrive in the promised land, in the land the Lord will give you, and, and they're among you who are poor, you must not shut up your heart or hand against them. You must lend to them as much as they need. Beware. Don't refuse a loan. God, I'm going to go broke. No, wait, 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 wait. He said, I won't go broke. Now watch it. We've got to stop. But watch these next few verses right here. Look at this. Don't, hey, don't stop alone just because it's two days before the debt cancellates. Let's just say I was a poor guy and I wanted to buy a car from Phil or Bob. We've just been saying Phil. Who's Phil? And Phil knows Richard... I need you to make payments on this thing for, it's really five years. And Phil's thinking, you know, this is one week before the debt cancellation thing. I'm losing money here. But no, Phil goes, wait a minute. Moses didn't write that. This was Jesus who said this. And he would give me that car. And I don't even make my first payment till the debt cancellation. Now remember what happened? Look at this. Oh, you must lend him what he needs and don't moan about it. Wow. See, Lotus says, if you refuse to make the loan and the needy man cries out to the Lord, say it was me. Lord, help, help me. 
And see, the opportunity, Phil, Lord wanted to bless Phil, but Phil closed the door on it because of what? He wanted, I'm going back to Egypt. This, this ain't going to work. There's giants in the land. Give away this car to Richard. God, I'm losing money. No, Phil knows it. He knows the rest of this. He says, if you, this needy man, he's going to cry out to the Lord. It's going to be counted to you as a sin. What? Yeah, you must lend him what he needs. Don't moan about it. For the Lord will prosper you in everything you do because of this. Well, Richard, I don't see how this Quit trying to... Do you, were you there like Job was talking about? He, Job didn't know how the Lord created... The Lord, remember, the Lord peeled his paint off that day. He said, were you there when I created the world? Were you there when all... Wow. Praise the Lord. God will get it to you. He keeps his word. There will always be some among you who are poor. That's the reason this commandment's necessary. God's going to take care of the poor. I'm so glad we're not poor. But praise the Lord. Can you imagine? Look at that. If we were poor... Remember, he feeds the sparrows. He feeds the birds. Remember what he said in, in Matthew chapter 6? He said, consider the lilies of the field. Who's taking care of them? Wow. Praise the Lord. Look at this. We need to close here, but look at this. If you buy a Hebrew slave, man or woman, let him go after six years. Praise the Lord. Now, notice why. Don't send him away empty-handed. Give him a large farewell present from your flocks, your olive, your wine press. Share with him in proportion as the Lord has blessed you. Remember that you were all fairy tales and fakes. No, it's not. You were slaves in the land of Egypt. We got to remember that, praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We just thank you. It's right there before us and it tells us the same things as always. So if we're not feeling good today, maybe our eyes are hurting or maybe our head's hurting or something funny is going on in our body, you'll take care of that. Praise the Lord. Fix us, Lord. And if it's financial, just like we saw here, Lord, praise the Lord. Cancel the debts. Help us get out of debt, whatever the problem may be financially. And if it's not that, it's just something else that's on our heart. We've got a problem, but praise the Lord, we've got a high priest, Jesus, and he's going to get us out. Help us get out of whatever problem it is. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to leave detailed stories about how you've helped us when we tell others about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, all right. Hallelujah. Ah, we did good. We